John Wilson with Kansas Action for Children. We're about a month into legislative session. Just wanted to get an update from John about that. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Great to be here. You bet. So about a month in, I saw a note from your office. Oh, I don't know. It was either last week or the week before that the bill that we talked about the last time we talked when we were talking about goals for the session about a child tax credit in Kansas has at least been introduced. Where's that at right now? Yeah, that's correct. We have two bills, actually, that uh, would create a child tax credit here in Kansas uh, to help working families. There's a Senate bill, Senate Bill 436, and then there's a House bill. Uh, the number's escaping me right now, but uh, there's a House bill. And so it's really up to the chairs of the House Tax Committee or the Senate Taxation Committee uh, to um, hold a hearing on the, those bills. Right. And the point of this is that the state has a surplus right now. And so trying to figure out what the best way to get money into the hands of Kansans is, is, is really the, the policy debate writ large. That's correct. Yeah. The uh, taxes have really dominated the, the legislative session so far. As your listeners probably know, the, the uh, governor kicked off the legislative session with her own tax plan that she created uh, in consultation with two Senate Republicans and an and a, and a independent senator. And uh, that did not include a flat tax, but it included a number of other really strong provisions. Uh, of course, uh, Republicans in the legislature want to see a flat tax, and they also wanted to see those other provisions uh, in the governor's uh, tax plan. And so they passed their own version of a bill that uh, included that flat tax that was vetoed. And now everybody's waiting to see if uh, the legislature will override the governor's veto. But, for, for you know, really, uh, there's about a billion dollars in common ground of tax cuts that are, that are on the table right now that, that don't seem to be moving. Okay. Um, just to be clear, I last I knew about the Republican-backed tax bill, they looked like they might have the votes on the House side to get a two-thirds majority, but on the Senate side, they would need support from some of those same folks that were in that press conference with the governor to be able to get to two-thirds on the Senate side. So uh, the short answer is that probably, um, unless they can change some minds, it, the, the Republican-backed bill will probably not make it through that process if they do try to override. Yeah, that seems to be the understanding right now from most folks in the building. Okay, so yeah, I'm a little further from the building than I used to be, John, but uh, but I've been was trying to keep things straight. So hey, you're on it. That said, there's a couple other things um, that are going on that Kansas Action for Children is uh, paying attention to, and one I'm not quite sure I understand. I mean, I saw the release about the the latest version of this and the extra money that some. EBT recipients were getting from this previous summer. Um, are they wanting that uh, the program to go away in Kansas? Yeah, so um, there seems to be a trend around the state, particularly in conservative-leaning states, where they are refusing federal dollars to support uh, summer EBT, which helps families put food on the table. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously at a time when, when children are not in school and not receiving those uh, school meals, and so uh, that, that, that effort has now come to Kansas, where some conservative lawmakers would like to restrict the state from even applying for the program. Well, okay. Uh, so so what I'm, 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 I'm trying to understand this, John, because, see, during COVID, we had the USDA 
literally creating a summer lunch program for every school district in the country. In other words, it didn't matter whether it was a low-income school district, high-income school district. It didn't matter. You had summer meals. Um, then now it's been trimmed back to the usual summer meal sites where you have to have a district that has uh, certain demographics to be able to be eligible. Hutchinson happens to have those. So they have summer meals in this district. They have summer meals in one of our other local districts, but one does not because of different uh, different demographics and so on. But this, this summer EBT program is kind of designed to be the stopgap between those for those low-income families in those high-income districts. At least that's the way I would see it. And so I guess I'm trying to understand why you would want it during covid but not want it now that's a great question nick and I, i'm not really sure what the, the reasoning is uh it, it, it's fairly simple to us this is an opportunity to help children get nutritious food at a time that they need it and it's a reminder that there are still lots of families lots of households in kansas that are struggling with food insecurity and i think this is maybe a part of a an effort to um kind of uh I don't know, from the, from the conservative perspective, to limit the size of government and, and push back on accepting federal funds. I mean, it's not that dissimilar from taking federal funds to support the expansion of the Medicaid program to help those without health insurance. Back to the Medicaid expansion idea, as Governor Kelly wanted to see a hearing on the bill by Kansas Day, that's the 29th of January, that of course has come and gone. What have you heard at this point about if there is going to be a hearing on uh, the Medicaid expansion proposal that she put out before the session started? Yeah, well, Nick, you're right. Uh, there has not really been any visible movement on Medicaid expansion, and we're we're running out of time. So next week is the last full week for each chamber to have committees meet to pass out bills. There's, there's, uh, and then the, the, the week following is what they call turnaround, where they have to kick House bills out of the House and then kick Senate bills out of the Senate, and and then they'll go to the other chamber. And so uh, I've heard that there still is uh, the possibility of hearings, but it wouldn't be until after turnaround. And, you know, the clock really starts to uh, get ticking at that point when uh, lawmakers will be antsy to go on their uh, kind of spring break. And then after that, it's really just uh, a handful of weeks left in the legislative session. And since this is an election year for all House members and all senators, I think people are even more eager to get out of the building to start campaigning. Right, because so, they can't, they, they really can't raise money until they're out, right, John? We'll say that again? They can't raise money until they're out? They can't raise money from anybody who's a registered lobbyist, which are typically the people that write the biggest checks. That's pretty much how it works. So that's why people try to get out of town in those election years. Now, having said that, uh, I know that you guys probably have uh, – pages and pages of Medicaid expansion testimony ready to roll. You just need to know which sec- which secretary to send it to. Um, but that's kind of part of the deal here, isn't it? It's, it's, not, it's not clear which committee this is going to come out of if it does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, lots of things at play. You have some committee chairs that are fundamentally opposed to Medicaid expansion, but it would make sense for the bill to be in their committee. And so, uh, we might see it go through a non-traditional committee. We might see a committee chair have to kind of be replaced for a day. Um, uh, it's 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 really it's really wild. And also, what what's happening too is because um, because of peop- uh, the Republican leadership is concerned about um, efforts to expand Medicaid. That means really important health-related bills that may be, be germane to a Medicaid expansion amendment aren't being worked either. 
Yeah, the, now we're really getting into how the sausage is made. But the idea is, John, that um, if a sub, if a bill involves a certain subject, then there's a challenge to that called germaneness that can happen during a legislative debate. And so, basically, if you want to prevent a bill from being editable into a Medicaid expansion bill, then you have to make it so that nothing, that no subjects that touch that touch the floor, so to speak. Like, um, you could have, you could have an example of, let's call it a bill that, um, I don't know, makes a, makes nurse practitioners in the state eligible to to use the the one of the Farm Bureau insurance plans or something like mm-hmm. that. And somebody could then edit that bill into a Medicaid expansion bill because it talks about health care. That's, that's a hypothetical, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've, I, I've actually even got a real-world example. We, we've been working for several years on a bill that fixes an error in statute that ties eligibility for our children's health insurance program to 2008 poverty levels. Uh, and think about inflation since 2008, we can't get that bill on the floor because leadership is concerned that there would be a Medicaid expansion in a minute. And so who suffers from that are the children who become ineligible for health insurance. Right, because the um, the acronym is S-CHIP. This is not the poorest kids that already qualify for Medicaid. This is that next tier above that uh, have this S-CHIP eligibility issue, right? right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, full disclosure, uh, that's that's pretty much where my kids lie on the income spectrum. Um, so that so I'm fairly familiar in terms of making decisions on in that regard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but speaking generally, KAC, uh, how much defense are you having to play, and how much offense are you getting to play at this point in the session? No, oh, that's a great question. So uh, the uh, the offense is really on that. Uh, child tax credit. We're trying to uh, push uh, things to fix the children's health insurance program to help with newborn screening, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, we, we also saw some success uh, in the child welfare and foster care committee um, early this week where uh, a bill that we've been working on for the last couple of years with partners advanced out of committee creates the sole family permanency option that helps uh, older youth in the foster care system. Um, the defense really lies in what might be coming out of the uh, Welfare Reform Committee in the House, and then of course the, the work on the on, on the flat tax, which is a really unsustainable uh, tax cut. Um, and then there's a lot of we're also on the uh, uh, pushing a lot of good ideas through budget committees because there's some investments that have been proposed by the governor that are really important to the early care and education system in Kansas. So we're we're working with partners to make sure that the budget invest in child care like the state desperately needs. Well, and uh, the other piece that we don't even have time to get into today is uh, the the special ed um, failure to fund to statute that Governor Kelly wants to have phased in and fixed. Where's that at right now uh, in the process? Yeah, so the education, uh, the the House K-12 uh, budget education budget committee um, really hasn't um, made any decisions on special education. There have been discussions and and, uh, and hearings about the the concept, but there have been no uh, formal proposals put forward. And so we're still waiting on that as well. And that is obviously a huge need in our state. All right. Again, we've been talking to John Wilson with Kansas Action for Children. If folks want to keep up with what you guys are keeping up with, they have there's a place at your website where you have a whole list of everything you're following, right? 
That's correct. And you can sign up for our newsletters and get weekly snapshots of what's happening in the state house as it impacts kids and families. 